Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have David Matthews, and we had done a podcast with David a couple of months ago when the draw for New Mexico was about to happen, and uh, David does a lot of hunting in Arizona and New Mexico and knows those New Mexico elk units uh, really good, and uh, they shot a really neat bull with a tip-down eye guard, uh, and you can follow along David at David Matthews, that's M-A-T-H-E-W-S, Outfitters, uh, on Instagram. David, how you doing? Good, good, Jay. That's awesome. Last time we talked, uh, you were uh, excited about the upcoming New Mexico elk season. How did your moisture turn out, and how did antler growth turn out over there uh, this season? You know, the, the antler growth, we'll touch on antler growth first. I think the antler growth this year is, is very good in, in the Gila over there in New Mexico. Um, it seems to be, um, I would say, a little bit above the average. Um, if there's an average chart with the Gila, uh, the moisture was awesome. I mean, everything was lime green until, until you know, it started to freeze over there at night um, and, you know, and then it started to brown up. But moisture was awesome. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the dry tanks that, that are normally dry had a little bit of water in them. So, uh, you know, the moisture was really good over there also. That's great. Um, so moisture was good. Antler growth was good. Would you say it's uh, above average antler growth? Yeah, I think I think on, if there's an average chart, I would I would consider it a little bit above average this year. Um, I, you know, due to the good moisture, good you know the good uh, winter that wasn't real rough on the on the elk this year, and and you know all the spring and and monsoon rain that we had, you know, the timely rain. So I think it was a little bit above average. Okay, good. Um, what units do you primarily guide in over there uh, in New Mexico? I primarily guide uh, the 16D, Unit 16A, and Unit 15. Those are my primary units over there in New Mexico, um, just right across the border from Arizona onto the Gila. Okay, sure. Um, the uh, season dates, from what I understand, there's basically two archery dates. There used to be three archery seasons in New Mexico. Now there's two season dates. I believe it starts on the 1st through the 15th and then like the 16th to the 24th. You can correct me. Um, tell me about those early hunts. I assume the early archery hunts typically are pretty tough, but sometimes um, you can get a good bull uh, pegged and 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 you know uh, how did those early hunts specifically play out over there in the Gila? Okay, so the first hunt is September first through the fourteenth. Second hunt is the fifteenth through the twenty fourth. Um, this year, I'll just kind of give you a rundown on on how this year went for us. Uh, the first hunt, um, you know, they started out really well. I mean, it was cooler temperatures. About September fourth we started seeing a little bit of heat wave um, come through New Mexico uh, over the Gila. So uh, they, they kind of they slowed down a little bit for, for about four or five days, um, and, then, and then they picked right back up and, and, and started going, you know, kind of where they left off. So uh, I think this year, you know, the, the first hunt primarily is a little, is a little rougher um, just because they're not in full swing. They're not, they're not in full rut, and uh, the, bulls, the bulls are – you know, just getting fired up. They're only bugling, you know, the first hour of daylight, maybe the last hour in the evening um, type of hunting. So this year, I think, you know, it, it, this year I think it was 
it, it was a little better than average um, after that heat wave passed us. Um, they, they bugled pretty good in the morning. You know, we got an hour and a half, two hours of hunting in the morning, chasing bugles, and then in the evening they seem to start up a little bit e earlier than, than they normally do. So uh, we did have some, some pretty good red action on the first hunt. We did kill that bull. Um, believe it or not, that bull with the tip down eye guard, uh, you know, we killed him on the first hunt this year. Um, he was he was he was singing the song and carrying on pretty good with some cows early. So we were able to we were able to hunt that bull and, and get him and get him get him killed in a couple days. So uh, we were real fortunate on that guy. So uh, the second sure. season uh, this year. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was go just going to go right into second no. season. Yep. Okay. Well, second season this year, um, I mean, it started out, um, you know, it started out awesome. Uh, you know, the elk were really bugling hard in, in the 16 units. Uh, 15, it was a little slower, um, but the 16s, they were going good um, from day one in the second season, and, and they carried on and progressed daily. You could see it, you know, change overnight daily for the better. Um, towards the end of the season, we did start to see where the bulls were, were coming together um, a little bit and, and starting to fight. And, you know, some of the bigger bulls, unfortunately, one of the ones that we were chasing second season, um, he, was, he, was, he was a very, very nice bull. Um, you know, we had him the second to the last day at 65 yards, but we noticed that he had broken off right behind his sword tying. And uh, my hunter that I was actually taking really wanted a pretty one. And, and you know, uh, you can get them fixed from the taxidermy, but that, that's, that wasn't his ideal thought of, of the hunt. He really wanted to have a nice bull put together, you know, from the start. So we elected to pass on the bull that we hunted for, for, uh, for six days up until that point. So, uh, but it, it wow. really turned out the bulls were, I mean, the, the rut was really, really cranking, you know the last few days of that second season. Would you say, um, talking about the first hunt, would you say 16A or 16D this year had better bugling? I think the first hunt this year, 16D um, had better bugling than 16A. We had, you know, we had 116A, and they didn't really, they didn't really show much interest, even though we were on a bull that, that we had hunted the last two years in 16A. Um, we were on him early, but he he wasn't really cranking, you know, as early as the 16D. But by the end of the first hunt, he had gathered some cows, and and he was starting he was starting to carry on pretty good too. Gotcha. Um, and then, it, is it pretty safe to say because of pressure, uh, 15 typically doesn't see quite as good of bugling action as A and D, just because it has more hunters. Without a doubt, um, you know, and you got to think of this as, you know, a lot of guys uh, put it into perspective and they think that 15 really never ruts as hard. They, they rut as hard. They just don't respond to the calls and, and bugle quite as much just for the sheer amount of hunters that, that, they're, that, that are put in the unit annually. Um, so you, you think of some of these big ranches um, up in Utah or, or in Colorado where, where these elk are really bugling. Um, you know, and, and by the time they're they're of the right age to harvest, um, you know, these elk on these big ranches have, haven't seen, you know, the multiple calling techniques or or the amount of hunting pressure as as in Unit 15, where where in Unit 15 these bulls 
have been exposed to so many calling, you know, types and, and sequences and, and those type of things that they're, they're really call-wise, you know, on the unit. So you have to hunt them. You know, the, the best tactic, in my opinion, in, in Unit 15 is, is hunting them silent and making them, you know, making them uh, mess up, you know, letting them make all the noise and, and you move in silently and, and get in the right, you know, get in the right area or position and, and let them slip up. You know, they, they have to be right every time. All, all you have to be right is once. So, um, you know, that, that's my favorite technique in that unit, just, just because they are, they are called to a lot and, and they're really call wise there. Okay. Uh, so moving forward, well, let me ask you one more question. Uh, okay. I had had Jeff Lester on with Hunt Hard Outfitters and he had talked yeah. about you guys had quite a bit of, uh, wind, uh, abnormal wind, uh, did you did you uh, encounter the same thing this season? Um, more abnormal than, than than you know on a regular year? Yes, yes. We 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 had a a few days of of high winds, um, and it made it made hunting tough if you weren't if you weren't sitting on the on the bulls already. I mean, you couldn't hear them. You know, a couple hundred yards was about the maximum range you could hear them just because the wind was blowing through the trees. Uh, you know, and it was creating so much noise that it was hard to hear the elk. So, I mean, I know it had to it had to affect the rut. Um, while while the wind was howling, um, you know, they just didn't they they seemed to slow down a little bit, and they weren't moving as quick, um, and they weren't coming as far away from their bedding areas as they normally did. So, I mean, we just had to hut them a little bit a little bit tighter than to their bedding area than than what what we were you know when on the days that it wasn't as windy do you feel like when it's windy david do you feel like they are trying to uh, protect themselves by not moving too much and staying a little bit in a tighter range do you think that's a defense mechanism from predators because there's so much rustling around them and such or um what why do you think they kind of tighten up like that well, I think this is my personal opinion. I, I really think that the high winds like that, it does, it takes away a couple of their senses. You know, it takes away their sense of, their sense of hearing, one, you know, what they, which they rely on, you know, quite a bit. And, and also the sense of smell. You know, I, I think that, that wind really, when it's whipping that hard, I mean, it just disperses the scent of, of any predators or any of those type of things that cause, could cause potential danger for those elk, I think it just disperses the scent and just basically blows the scent away, um, you know, and they don't and they don't get that sense of smell um, unless, of course, you know, they're quite a bit closer to, uh, you know, the danger or, or the predator that, that they could potentially smell. For sure. For sure, yeah, that's a good explanation. Uh, moving forward, you're looking at uh, the firearms. I believe there's some youth and some mobility impaired. Uh, what's on the table for you looking forward here? Okay. Well, our next our next season we do have the youth the youth in Unit 15. We've got a couple of those guys, and we also have a mobility impaired guy in Unit 16D. Um, I think, like I said, I think the rut um, generally on this on this season year to year, um, I, it, it's really starting to wind down. Um, you know, on these hunts, but we're still able to get on, you know, several, several really 
quality animals that are still rutting and, and bugling and carrying on. So uh, we're really looking forward to it this year. You know, that 16D hunt, that, like I said, the antler growth and, and those units are are really, really, I mean, it's it's awesome this year. And, and you know, the sky's the limit really on, on the potential of, of the animals that we could take um, with these firearm with these firearm hunters. How do you think the how do you think it's going to go down? You think um, they'll still be rutting and be able to get on them? I think for sure in Unit 15, um, just because it, it started to come on a little later there, I, I think that um, 15 will still have a pretty good chance at, at facing some pretty good rut action on those hunts. Um, 16D, um, with as early as it started there, I, I would have to almost think that, that it's going to be winding down pretty quick that time of year, um, which, which isn't a huge deal. They'll still, those bulls still kind of hang around for a few days after, after the time that they're done rutting, just kind of maybe checking cows at night or, or that type of thing. But they'll, they'll still be able to, you know, we'll still be able to find some of those bigger bulls just kind of hanging on the outskirts of some of those herds. Um, you know, that's what we've done in the past, and I think that's that's the kind of action we'll see this year. How do you think the um, success rate was across the board in 16A, 16D, and 15 on the archery hunt? And um, if, the, if the success rate was down, uh, you know, could it create some holdover bolts uh, for next year? What are your thoughts on that? I, I really believe this year with, with talking to a couple of the, the game and fish officers over there and just talking with a couple of my other buddies that are outfitters and, and that type of thing, I think the success rate um, this year for some reason wasn't as high as the years past. I'm, I'm not sure why. Um, maybe it was those couple days of wind, you know, just kind of kind of blew into the you know, the, the prime time of that hunt. So possibly that was it. But I know that I, I don't think it was as high. We just didn't see as many bulls in the back of trucks and, and that type of thing this year as we normally do. So, and, and like I said, talking to the game of fish, they said that the, that the su- success was down, you know, quite a bit also with, with the bulls that they've actually checked. Um, so I think with that being said, I think the potential of carryover is going to be, unreal you know I, because there was a lot of bulls that that we saw and that we personally know about up until this point um uh, bulls that we hunted or such that uh could could darn sure blow up and make some giants next year right on uh and then after the um firearms elk seasons you've got uh I, i'm sure you've got a bunch of deer hunts you're, you're a deer nut what what do you have on your table or on your plate. Okay. Well, after the firearm elk hunts, we, we move right into deer season. We've got uh, we've got some of the Kaibab deer hunts in Arizona. Um, we've got some deer hunts up in up in northern New Mexico around the 2C, 2B areas. Um, we're really looking forward to those. We did a lot of scouting preseason up in northern New Mexico looking for some of those governor tag type of bucks. Um, we did find a few bucks that, that uh, we think would fit – you know, foot the bill for Governor Tag 220 type of deer that that were passed on early, which which is okay with us. You know, we like hunting the big stuff. So, um, you know, those 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 bigger bucks like that. You know, now we've got lines on those big bucks for some. You know, for the potential of some of our general season hunters, which is awesome. So, um, it's you know the deer season for us. We all love to deer hunt. You know, so we're we're excited about that and and looking forward to 
what this season could bring as far as antler, you know, antler size and growth for, for the deer also. What are you thinking for antler growth? Um, you know, it's, I, I assume you're over there on the archery hunt. Um, what's it looking like? You know what? I think the antler growth as far as the deer also, uh, New Mexico, Arizona also. I've run a lot of cameras in Arizona, um, did a lot of scouting in New Mexico. I think we're above average um, on the antler growth for deer also. Um, everything looks really good this year um, as far as antler growth, and I'm, I, I just can't wait to to start um, getting some of these big bucks that we know about put on the ground and, and getting to put our hands on them and, and see, you know, exactly. Everybody's got their score in their mind and their guesses and stuff like that, but until you get them on the ground, you know, you don't truly know. So uh, we're excited to, to potentially get a couple of these bucks on the ground and, and, you know, we all have these friendly bets amongst each other on what they score. So uh, we're we're looking forward to the – looking forward to that and, 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 you know, moving forward with the season. David, um, we have a mutual friend, Ryan Hatch of Muley Crazy Magazine, and he wrote, yes. I don't know if you've seen it in the latest article, and I thought an awesome uh, article on trail cameras and um, kind of talking about, you know, cameras and, and what have you. Um, in your opinion, uh, do deer and elk on a camera look bigger or smaller on camera than they do in person? Honestly, this has always been my opinion. Um, pictures at night, and I haven't, I haven't read the article yet. Like I said, I've been hunting so hard I haven't even got to sit down and read the article, but I do know we talked about, Ryan and I had talked about the article that he was writing, um, and, and I look forward to reading it. But um, in, my, in my opinion, I think night pictures always make animals look smaller than what they are. Um, daytime pictures, you know, you, they, always look, they always look better and bigger. Um, I think, like I said, I think nighttime pictures, and, and of course, you know, a majority of your pictures you're getting of, of some of the most quality an, animals are, are nighttime pictures. So it's always fun to see, you know, when you actually um, have something to hunt, you know, nighttime versus daytime, what they actually going to shout. Do you feel like it's a depth issue within the horn itself? Um, it's just not picking up all of the depth of the horn, or what is it that makes them look smaller? Because I feel the same way, you know, actually deer, elk, and sheep, like night photos, like it, it just, for some reason, they look smaller. Yeah, I think I think definitely it has something to do with depth. Um, it's like one of those things, you know. I'm a I'm an avid phone scoper, if you if you'd say there's such a thing. But I love video, you know, phone scoping, and, and you know, and the prime example is is when something could be, you know, skylined. You know what I'm saying? Up on a ridge, skylined. Yeah. When you're actually vid-ing, videoing it, like the light bleeds through the horns. You know what I'm saying? So it makes it look just a just a fuzz smaller than what it actually is, you know, and it drops down off the skyline, um, you know, with, with some natural background, natural colors and that type of thing. You can actually get, you know, it, it just looks a little bit bigger and better than, than those skyline photos. And I think maybe, um, like I said, the, the nighttime photos, when that, when that infrared goes off, um, you know, it might, be, might have some kind of the same effect where it's just not picking up the, the full you know, the full form or figure of the antler, 
um, it, you know, if you may say. So I think it, it has something to do with, with the, the light and, and, you know, and, and the reflective, you know, light that comes sure. back. So, What cameras, I know you run a lot of cameras. Um, what are your favorite cameras and why? You know what, I, I, I've been running, you know, I initially started with the covert camera. Um, I love the covert camera for, for the battery life. Um, and, you know, but I've, I've since changed to the stealth cam. Um, I love the stealth cam. It's not quite as good battery life as the covert, but the pictures and the resolution, you know, um, on those stealth cams are, are quite a bit higher. Um, I've got a couple of those 4Ks. Um, they're amazing, you know, and that's, that's, for lack of better terms, you know, they are amazing cameras and they take awesome night video awesome night pictures daylight is unreal you know the video and the pictures you know those cameras are are top top of the line i i really love those so david those 4k cameras that stealth makes um stealth cam makes uh does it shoot photos and video both or do you set it to just take video just take photos See, you can you can do both, but it simultaneously, if you set it up correctly, it'll take videos and pictures at the same time. So um, you know, it takes it takes several more batteries just just because of the capability of being able to do that. It has two lenses on it, uh, one lens for picture and one lens for for the for the video. So it does it both. You know, every ten seconds, it'll take a you know a still shot of of basically of of your video you see what i'm saying so your video yeah so in in essence you're getting a you're getting a great video but every 10 seconds you're also getting a still uh you know because sometimes it's good to have a still image as well exactly yep that's exactly what it's doing and and like i said they're they're awesome i mean the quality is just is is out of this world you know in my opinion I mean, every detail how long, you can see. How long have you been finding with the um, battery life on those 4Ks? I mean, is it days? Is it weeks? You know, obviously it depends on how many pictures, how many videos it's taken. But in general, like, can you get a week out of it? Can you get two? Like, how how long can you get battery, uh, batteries out you know, of those 4Ks? Generally, I would say, um, you know, like I said, unfortunately, you know, on a lot of the spots that we that we set up, you know, nighttime pictures or, or video is 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 my a majority of what we get. So with the nighttime, I mean, your your you know your infrared, you know, when it lights up, it's thirty seconds at a time or twenty seconds or wh- whatever you have your your video timer set. So, um, like I said, it's not as good. On that, um, I, I have seen about a week and a half, you know, and that's with, that's with, I think, I think there was 1,300, um, 1,300 videos, you know, or something like that in a week and a half, you know. So, um, like I said, it was there was there was a lot of activity on it, but 90% of it was at nighttime, um, and and like I said, a week and a half, it. It went from 99% when I set it up to about 21% in a week and a half. So there wasn't much there wasn't much battery life left in her, you know, when we checked it a week and a half later. So okay, um, and then compare that if you're not running those 4Ks, your other stealth cams, um, how much battery life or how how much time are you getting out of those? Twice as okay, much. Okay, like yeah, oh yeah, um, you know. Easily twice as much, 
a majority of the time when I go out and set, say I'm, I'm going out to the Arizona Strip, you know, I'll set in June. And, and generally, um, the last time I check in, in July, um, we'll be at about 50% battery on, on the regular stealth with just, you know, with just taking pictures. So, uh, like I said, you get, you get two months, three months, you know, maybe four months max on those, on those regular stealths with just, just the still pictures. Okay. Okay. And then, um, in cold weather, you're going to get less battery life, right? Or is yes. It, uh, in the yep. Warm, in cold weather, the warmer it, is better. Colder is worse. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. That's all good stuff. Um, well, you uh, you had a good uh, elk season, and you've got a handful of more uh, uh, hunts coming up. Firearm there in New Mexico, and then you're going to be on to deer and. I uh, just want to encourage anybody uh, that, that has any questions for David, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you to book a hunt or uh, to chat with you? Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is, is through my website, davidmatthewsoutfitters.com, or give me a call on my cell, and my cell number is 928-300-6405, and, um, you know, we'll talk some hunting. That sounds good, buddy. Well, thanks for coming on and sharing your knowledge, and congratulations on your success. And I'll continue to look for photos there on Instagram and, and such of, of your future success here. And I'm glad I was able to get you on. And uh, w what did that bull that tipped down in the front, what did that bugger score? You know, he grossed, he grossed 371. So That's we, were, nice we were pretty excited. Yeah, he was awesome. He was awesome. He has triple brow times. Um, on that tip down eye guard side and you know all the way up he was just he was just cool he was awesome bull that's cool well good luck to you buddy and uh, i'll be chatting at you down the road okay all righty thank you jay